views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. What a great show we've got. I mean, you know, it's really kind of fascinating that uh, Benny and I get to be part of some conversations. We kind of sit in awe sometimes. We just kind of hang out and we're like, okay, I'm really supposed to be doing the show. Um, But there's so much that is changing and shifting. And Benny, you and I, like 13 years or something like that we've seen a lot of changes seen right? and heard yeah plenty yeah tons it, to go around t- t- tons to go around t- tons you, you know t- tons to go around <laughs> but it's really interesting we were talking about that you know today with osiris we were talking about you know the shift in energy and the change before we start on the air and you know for those of you out there you 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 sometimes you want to be like this fly on the wall with some of the conversations that happened during the breaks. And we haven't really quite figured out how to go about that and do that. But, you know, it's all of us kind of getting ready. It's getting ready. So living Kabbalah, clarifying your purpose. So Cyrus joining us here today. But beyond that, here's the thing. What is this preparation? What does this mean? Let me tell you a little bit about this in, in a brief introduction. I want you to get to know a little bit about who he is. When we talk about living the living Kabbalah or a universal system for learning to live an exceptional life of joy and fulfillment, you have to wonder why it is sometimes we settle. What is it about us that would want to just get by, right? Now, I don't know how he's going to feel. I don't know how how he's going to feel about my next comment. But I was talking with someone the other day about uh, uh, one of our our sports teams who played yesterday. And they said to me, you know, it doesn't matter really. I I just want them to kind of, you know, get on the winning side of things. Kind of like I don't really want them to play well. I don't really want them to, you know, like have a great game. I just want to get on the other side of winning. You know, get on the other side of that. And I thought to myself, in, in looking at and preparing for today's show is what is it about that energy of compromise, that energy of complacency that just doesn't match with living Kabbalah, clarifying your purpose? What is it about that that kind of doesn't really make much sense? Today, for those of you out there, I know that this is an important show because it's so painful. It's so very painful sometimes to be in a place of stuckness, 
to be in a place of not being able to move forward. Today, you're going to hear about concepts for relationships that will help you. There's a countdown. Cyrus is going to do it. And this is one of the most important conversations I've had, you know, about how to live a life of fulfillment because it is practical and yet it's expansive. Osiris, welcome to the show. Before we jump into this, thank you for being here. Thank what you do you think about me. that comment about my friend that was just like, oh, I just hope they squeak, squeak by, squeak by. Yeah, that sounds is that, like... Is that uh, weird? <laughs> no, it sounds like someone who has had some disappointment in life and is preparing for future disappointment in the best way Ooh. they know how. Oh, oh. I want to talk about you for a little bit, uh, and I, I, I didn't give a, a long introduction on purpose because I wanted, I wanted to ask you to talk about this topic of relationships today and what it has come to mean to you. You know, we sometimes think we're living in a high-tech world, relationships are a thing of the past, and we don't really need to have them. But this is a broader conversation, isn't it? Most definitely. Um, relationships are virtually how we define reality. We look at all the things outside of us and that's a relationship. It can be with people. It can be with belief systems, with political systems, with, uh, our work, um, our church, our, whatever is outside of us that makes up and fills up our time, um, becomes a series of relationships. Everything. I mean, every time we look outside, every time we kind of compare, you know, ourselves and we sometimes think, oh, I don't compare myself, but we kind of do in a way. Right. I mean, how often have you gone to gone to a grocery store? You know, even if it's a, an organic grocery store and you have two two tomatoes <laughs> side right. by side. Mm-hmm. Right. You just don't randomly stick your hand in and take the tomato out. We're always looking. We kind of have that ingrained in us in some interesting way. Yes, uh, it's pretty clear, especially humans. Uh, there's probably some animals out there that are exceptional at this too, but we like to make patterns, right? We like to mm. um, see what's like and what's different. In fact, um, science has proven that most of what we experience as reality is actually a, an illusion that we've built up in our minds based on what we've already seen. So we walk into a room that we've already seen before and the image of that room is what we're actually seeing. And the only thing we're noticing are the differences or the changes. So when you look at a bunch of tomatoes, what you're seeing is what's the difference? What's the tomato that has something different about it than everything else? And the rest we're not actually seeing. I know. How does it feel being you? (laughs) (laughs) Benny's like, oh, here she goes. Here she goes. What I mean by that, Osiris, I mean, it's kind of like, wait a minute, spiritual guide, healer, Reiki master, uh, you know, Kabbalah, Kabbalah instructor, certified mystery school. I mean, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking to myself, this is a powerful presence. You have said yes to a purpose greater than yourself. And I wonder, did you know what that purpose was when you did that? Or did you have to take a few steps? Um, last time I was here, we got to talk about that a bit. Um, but the, my sense of purpose actually came at a very young age when I was about six years old, um, in church and, um, not to tell the whole story again, but just the, I was very fortunate to have a strong sense of purpose early on. And that purpose was to, um, master this life and myself, and then be able to help other people do that for themselves. So, not this sense that I was somehow special or different, but that the idea early on at six that all of us could do that. 
that it wasn't something only a few select people do. It's something we all had the ability to do, but it I also was aware that it wasn't easy. It wasn't something, yeah. otherwise we'd all have done it already. Don't you think? Uh, so um, I knew it was not an easy task, but I knew it was going to be rewarding and worth the effort because I saw as a part of the vision uh, the group of people walking with me in this beautiful way of living a life mm-hmm. of purpose. Now, you're gonna, we're going to go through the concepts for relationships right here, um, uh, and we're going to go through them all at once. And then you're going to take us on a journey. Yes. With them. Let's do it. What's the countdown? So these are 10 Kabbalistic concepts for relationships. And let's count them down. Starting from number 10, to truly know another person, I must first know myself. Number nine, I can reveal the hidden parts of me and I can heal myself. Number eight. My mind can be organized and clarified with simple everyday actions. Number seven, the uh, true emotions come from and are experienced in this moment. Six, beauty is found in the balancing of opposites and in caring for my inner child. Five, healthy relationships require boundaries and discipline. Four, love is not an emotion, but a universal energy that connects. Three, every human has a unique balance of masculine and feminine energy. Two, I am a spiritual being having a physical experience. And finally, one, I am responsible for everything I am experiencing in my life. Wow. Now, when we think about these these concepts for relationships, we're going to spend today's show going through and talking about what each of these means. But part of this is really looking at the potential that we have, but not the potential that we think about in the world. We're not talking about, you know, how to throw the touchdown. Well, maybe we are. But we are really talking about a potential that is both on the inside and the out, isn't it? Yes. And in order to enjoy the outer, which we often in Kabbalah call fruits, um, we have to tend to the tree that bears those fruits. And it often helps to go to the roots. And we're going to go to the roots today. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. We're going to take a short break, everyone. When we come back, we're going to go through each of these. And, you know, take a minute. If you want to take a few notes, you can go ahead and take a minute to do that. But believe me, this show will play again later on today, as well as, uh, you, you know, having a an archive being uh, set up on our website. And also we're going to give you lots of information uh, about how you can find out more about Kabbalah, how you can look at the upcoming classes going on, and how you too could say yes to an expansive presentation of your life. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
What does it mean to be healthy? For each of us, it means something a little different. Discover the art of herbal medicine, a natural way to help our bodies respond better to the modern-day stress and toxicity of our everyday lives. Using organic herbs from around the world, the skilled herbalists at Urban Wellness in Kirkland can help you choose the herbs that are right for your body. Find your herbal solutions for common health issues at urbanwellness.com. That's H-E-R-B-A-N wellness.com. Put a little in your life with Keys. Keys Clear Protein Waters have 22 grams of smile-making, attitude-adjusting protein in every bottle. Did I mention its tongue-tingling taste? Not just another guilty pleasure. With Keys, you'll enjoy every low-sugar sip and freedom from gluten, lactose, and GMOs. Who needs the fountain of youth when you can find Keys on Amazon or at Keys, K-E-E-S, please.com. Put a little in your attitude with Keys Protein Water. Are you ready for a radical shift in your way of being? Are you seeking a more deeply connected and fulfilling life? Awakened Living Radio is a show dedicated to helping you embrace a life filled with profound peace, connection, and happiness. TJ Woodward is passionate about helping you find your clarity, balance, and purpose. Join co-host TJ Woodward and Dr. Pat Basile on the first Monday of every month at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for Awakened Living Radio on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. Are you ready for a game changer? Sarah Westall is bringing you Business Game Changers Radio. Sarah brings you leading experts, visionaries, and newsmakers who provide the best commentary on big issues and cutting-edge innovations. Sarah's 20 years as a business executive will help you think like an entrepreneur with expertise, energy, and attitude. Tune in to Business Game Changers Mondays at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Almost everyone at some time in their lives ask themselves, what am I? Most of our questions are ego-generated and simply don't address the problem of our false self. It's time to relax your ego and embody your soul. Dr. Dan Cohen, neurologist, inventor, and author, has created tools to awaken a new way to transform from who you thought you were into what you truly are. Visit toolstoawaken.com today. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. What a great, great show we've got here for you today. Osiris is joining us here today. But before we jump into it, you know, one of the things we mentioned uh, before break is that, um, at least for me, I am noticing a shift of energy. And whenever I feel that about myself, it is really important for me to step into a spiritual nature of what that is. I had a great call this morning with the team about it. And it was interesting how universally in agreement we were. Now, I I don't claim to know much about it. Osiris does probably. But 
for me, I just know that there's a preparation that needs to happen. That's why we are talking about relationships. Uh, For those of you out there, the last time I felt this kind of energy, I ended up saying yes to an 11-day trip in the high desert of California with just water. That's the kind of energy. Now, if you're feeling that, we've got something for you that doesn't require you to do that. Tell us about what you've planned for folks to help us create this pathway, you know, for this energy. So I'm part of a tradition that comes from King Solomon the Wise from 3,000 years ago that's been using a type of Kabbalah that we call universal Kabbalah or living Kabbalah um, that's uh, non-dogmatic, non-specific to any tradition that people from any background can participate in. Um, It's a 10-month-long program. Um, It's a pretty significant commitment. It begins uh, January 30th and 31st in the Seattle area. Um, And you stick with the same group uh, for 10 months, um, and we explore the tree of life um, during that process and experience something called ascension, which is an ancient mystery school process for embodying the tree of life. Um, But since it's such a significant commitment, we offer a few opportunities to come uh, sample the flavor um, where uh, I teach at the 10th House Light Center in Seattle. Um, The next one is... Um, this Wednesday, um, uh, it's going to be focusing on relationships. So we're going to expand on the same topic we're talking about today. Um, but we start at 7.15 and go until about 10 o'clock. So it's a good three-hour conversation going deeper into relationships. Um, and then there's another one on January 20th focusing on redirecting abundance and literally cash. We're going to talk about spiritual ways of approaching money. And that's also the next topic we're going to talk about on my next time here. I love that, though. And next time we will talk about it, because, you know, really what happens is we're really, I think, called to demystify things right now. I I believe this is what's happening. You know, things seem to be a mystery for folks for a, a really a good decade almost. And what's starting to happen, and maybe you can talk about this when you go through this, is, you know, where is our eagerness? Uh, again, please give out your website for mm-hmm. folks, if you would. Yes, please. Uh, so the website is uh, 10thhouse.org. That's 10thhouse dot org. Um, and the phone number is 206-538-0070. Awesome. Okay. These are, if I might say, because this is just me, when I heard you read these, and, and as I'm looking at the concepts for relationships, right, I am just in awe about what this must mean to actually be able to approach life this way. I really am. Yes. And I don't really know of anyone that wouldn't want, you know, the end game in this. So. Agreed. How do we get going? How do we start? What does this mean to truly know another person? So one of the fundamental principles in uh, Kabbalah is that there's really one primary relationship, and that relationship is with yourself. And uh, we see the opposite to be true when we look out in the world. In the world, we're told that our primary relationships are our primary partner or our work or our family or our children or any of these things that are outside of us. But um, none of those really function in a healthy way if we don't have first a foundation of an, 
an impeccable relationship with self, where not only do we have an awareness and a focus on self, but that we're in a constant process of evolving that sense of self and moving towards somewhere. And that somewhere is the topic we explored last time, which is purpose, that we know part of knowing self is knowing purpose. And if you know purpose and you have destination, then the best way to know self is in the process of moving towards that amazing destination. Well, and you know, this is for me, one of the most important things to think about is we usually put knowing ourselves last on the list of things, right? Very true. You know, many of us don't even know how to make a decision about what movie to go to. Or many of us let people in our lives define self for us. They, we have roles, um, we have titles, um, or we let past define us. We look at, you know, my favorite color has always been blue and it's still blue today. Is it really? Or in this moment, is there another color that better suits my present experience? So, and if I let go of that sense of favorite color, do I let go of me? Or am I just releasing something that I used as an illusion to allow people to have some sense of me instead of just allowing me to be me, which might mean I have a new favorite color in every moment. And that's <laughs> that could sound scary if we're changing that fast, but that's what humans do. We're exceptional change agents. I'm telling you, a year ago, I'm just saying, a year ago, I remember saying to myself, I will never wear anything that even looks like a leopard color. And I show up today <laughs> with this scarf on, yes. right? You know, and of course, immediately it's pointed out to me. But thank you. Thank you for letting me change my point of view about that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So great. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And so as we keep moving through and we look at these a little bit more closely, uh, this next one is tough for me. Yes. The I can reveal the hidden parts of me and I can heal myself. Those go hand in hand. So typically the things that we need to heal are the things we're least likely to look at that We've hidden them from ourselves because they're painful to look at. We don't want to look at the places where we're wounded. We want to move forward, and often we spend a lot of time and energy avoiding circumstances that would remind us of those hidden parts. And we have very sophisticated ways of accomplishing that, so much so that we turn those into assets. And we actually believe that's a part of who and what we are, are these things we're really doing to avoid the hidden parts. Uh, So Kabbalah has a system for showing us a template of self that is complete. Mm -hmm. And when we look into that template, we notice that there's parts of that template that we're uncomfortable with. And that gives us the opportunity to self-reflect and self-discover the hidden places. And then once we realize they're there, we can do something about it and we can shift it. Yeah. And, you know, for those of us that are thinking about this is there is a level that we look at when we talk about healing and talk about how we can reveal the hidden parts of ourselves and hear myself. And what I hear in between that, tell me if I'm wrong on this, is the reason I wouldn't I wouldn't you know, I wouldn't reveal the hidden part of myself because I got some shame or something maybe around it. Right. Most definitely. Mm -hmm. Shame, guilt. Or like I said, we our way of avoiding it, which may have started from shame, may become an asset in the world out there. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, maybe I'm really good at completing things, but I'm not good at starting them. And that might be because way in the past I started something that caused pain to me or people around me. So I decided I'm never starting anything right. again. I'm going to let other people start things and I'm going to be amazing at finishing them. 
So I'll surround myself with great starters who don't know how to finish things, and I will be a finisher. And that gives me place and what I think of as purpose in my life. But really what I'm doing is I'm avoiding the part of me that can start amazing things. So uh, we want to uncover that part and get back to the fact that I can do the whole thing. I can start, I can uh, move things forward, and I can complete them. And that's everyone. Yeah, I love this. I am definitely a starter. (laughs) I, I will cook the food. Linda, you can do the dishes. (laughs) Okay, this next one. We're living in a world right now that says it is more difficult than ever, ever for any of us to put a string of thoughts together in a cohesive way, given information and so forth. And so, you know, this is really, I think, one of the more important in terms of relationships that we have down here to represent the times we live in today. Tell us about this. So number eight was my mind can be organized and clarified with simple everyday actions. So immediately what we're saying here is that, A, minds can be very chaotic, and they often are. I mean, we are, just like you said, bombarded by huge amounts of information every day, and not just random information. A lot of it is targeted communication designed to make us act a certain way, marketing, advertising, trying to tell us to be a certain person, spend our money, spend our time, apply our attention in different ways. Um, And all of that coming in at such a breakneck speed and at such a high volume, it's hard to discern what is the me in that and where is me beyond all of this. And we spend a lot of our energy trying to sort and categorize and understand what's coming in and we get overwhelmed. And we don't accomplish that. And what we do is we pick and choose the few things we think we know. And again, those usually fall into those systems, those sophisticated systems that we've built. So we decide these things I'm comfortable with, these other things I'm not, and I and I dump them. I dump them into my subconscious and I create this vast reservoir of chaotic, unknown, unuseful information that builds and builds and builds. And it becomes this... Um, big monkey on your back that um, we're not designed to exist that way. So it tries to come Mm -hmm. out. And the way it comes out is by creating circumstances in our life that give us the opportunity to clear it out. So an example might be that I start repeating this cycle of having the same outcome to relationships. So relationships start great. They go great for six months. And eventually down the line, I end up not trusting this person and I have to leave. And that happens again and again and again because I'm going back to the places where I'm comfortable. And when I'm able to process through the subconscious and I can pull out that festering information I wasn't able to process, maybe from a past relationship that dealt with trust, I can then go, oh, and I can have an epiphany and realize what the true meaning of that experience was. And I can now learn a lesson and integrate that as the part of the wisdom of the being that I am. And then now... When I see those things coming, I can make a new choice. I love this. Wow. You know, the word that came to mind with the repetitive uh, nature of what you're talking about, uh, chaos. That was the word that came to mind. We're going to take a short break when we come back. uh, We're going to be talking about these amazing, uh, amazing concepts for relationships. And for those of you, you know, remember, you can always get this show later on today you know, get the archive of it. And for those of you that are listening to the podcast, because you always download it, 
you're going to be able to walk through this. But if you really want to have an experience of how to embed and live this in your life, when we come back, we'll again mention some of the opportunities that Osiris has for all of you. Let's take a short break. And by the way, any questions you might have for us, 1-800-930-2819, please give us a call. We'll be right back. to Sheer Alchemy with Leslie Fontaine on TransformationTalkRadio.com and get ready to stir up your passions, identify your blocks, and shift into an entirely new existence. Leslie Fontaine is a transformation catalyst and clairvoyant who uses her intuitive and energetic gifts to catapult listeners into living the life they were born to live. Whether it's shifting from scarcity to abundance, from emotional pain into joy, or from illness into health, Leslie will help you step into the true essence and power of all that you are with the help of the Ascended Masters and Archangels. You will not be the same. Visit TransformationTalkRadio.com for show dates and times and LeslieFontaine.com to say yes to explosive abundance. Naturopathic doctor, founder of the Martha's Vineyard Holistic Retreat, and author of the New York Times bestseller, 21 Pounds in 21 Days, Dr. Ronnie DeLuce has helped tens of thousands of people, including celebrities and athletes, with her message of lifestyle change. Now, Dr. Ronnie DeLuce wants to help you. You, too, can be saved. Email Dr. Ronnie DeLuce at info at ronniedeluceonradio.com and visit mvholisticretreat.com. Dr. Ronnie DeLuce, your partner in wellness. Called the Oprah of Radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Basili is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit the drpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com for listening times in your area. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life?
Hey, everyone. Welcome back. It's so great to have Osiris joining me here today. Now, wait a minute, because I want to just say to everyone, we're not going to go to another break uh, because there's so much information to cover. I want to make sure that you all get to have an experience with him. Uh, And this is just one way that you can spend time uh, understanding these ideas, but also understanding how to create the life you want. Uh, would you, I'm sorry, I was sorry, but can you please give out the website and phone number again? Yes. So you can reach us at 10thhouse.org. So that's 10thhouse.org, 10thhouse.org. Or the phone number is 206-538-0070. And I just wanted to specifically mention that we have a free event about this topic this Wednesday evening um, at the 10th House Light Center. And we'd love to have you here. I love it. Um, One of the things that's so important is we get to take the journey. And, you know, as we're going through this, I guess each of us is going to find some things here that you're talking about that are going to be, I guess, more relevant for where we are in our lives than others. Right. Is that the idea? I think that the relevance depends on how much work you've done on the previous aspects. That's why this is a countdown. So I love it. As we go further down the countdown, some of these ideas may become a little more challenging, and, and they may not. I mean, we've all done different work, and we've all had different lives, and there's many ways to accomplish the same task. Uh, Kabbalah is not the only way to do it, but um, it is a wonderful system that has uh, uh, got nice flow and what we call uh, progression, where you start at a place, and then you move in a direction towards an outcome that has been accomplished uh, by people from all over the world for thousands of years. I love it. Okay, what's next? So next, I just wanted to uh, wrap up one more concept from number eight, which was the simple everyday actions part of it for um, organizing the mind. And um, that's a pretty bold statement. And the actions we're specifically talking about are uh, prayer, ritual, and meditation. Um, And those are things that anyone can do. You don't need special knowledge, experience, other than um, exposure to tools that work. And um, that's what this tradition is full of. Um, And then the uh, discipline to apply them. So should we continue on to number seven? I love it. Yes, please. (laughs) Let's do it. Because I think this one is, in our society, boy, do we hold back here. Oh, yes. We really do. So number seven is true emotions come from and are experienced in this moment. Now, that took me a long time to agree with. And that's a beauty of this tradition is the expectation is that you will not believe (laughs) all of these things that we say, Mm -hmm. that only through experience and application will you decide how and when these things are true. But that um, the emotions that linger are actually indications of that backlog of unprocessed information in the subconscious. So um, our tradition says that if we are truly experiencing an emotion, then it happens while the event that triggers it happens, and it lasts for no more than 15 minutes. Mm. And if it lasts longer than that, what's happened is we've triggered something in the subconscious that wants to be healed. And so it holds on and kind of... um, becomes almost a false emotion that lingers and often Mm. can feel more intense because it's been there so long and it wants to get released. Mm. And, you know, I'll tell you what, I mean, this is really now, if we think about this as having a lifetime of this. Yes. You know, 
I mean, it's almost uh, impossible if we're not really, you know, trained, if we're not really aware about how this works. We just bring one event after another after another to the forefront, don't we? Well, fortunately, a lot of these things have patterns, and they draw back to one or two instances, usually very early in life, that everything else is patterned after. So fortunately, the distance between where I am today and Mm -hmm. where I want to be is much shorter than many of us think. Mm. And if you start with recent history and try to work backwards, which is often how um, aspects of psychology work, where you spend a lot of time in the emotion and, and understanding it, that's actually reinforcing that energy in your life. Whereas what we like to say in the tradition, which I love, is get over it. And what we mean by that is not stuff it away. It means to literally increase our vibratory frequency to a higher state where that is no longer relevant. And that's how healing happens, that we move ourselves up to a higher state where that energy can no longer exist. And then we have a sense of who we are Mm. without it. And we have a choice as to whether or not we want to stay at that elevated state Mm -hmm. or we want to go back down and be where we were. My gosh. And, you know, each of these, as I look about them, I love the countdown. You know, it's interesting as I'm seeing this because I would have never picked the next one to be where it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, One of my favorite topics of Kabbalah is how beauty is defined in Kabbalah. So beauty is found in the balancing of opposites and in caring for my inner child. So beauty... We often think of beauty as being an outward expression. Um, We often even assign it to feminine principles, feminine aspects. But in Kabbalah, beauty is found in the center of everything. It's from the center you have a perspective on everything. You can see how all things fit together. So only in the center do you actually know the beauty of the whole. And um, that's why in that center we're able to balance opposites. We can look at the extremes in all directions, and we can see how they counterbalance each other from the center. And we can stand in the center or on that fulcrum and be a balancer instead of being an extreme. Mm -hmm. And then um, when we move into that center, um, that is where we also say that inner child lives. And the inner child, we would actually say, may be the true us, that the true, innocent, pure us ready to experience and express purpose in every moment that got trained out of that by moving to all these extremes, by moving out into outward relationships and having other people saying what we could and couldn't do. When we get back to the true essence of us in the center, then we realize we're beautiful. And, you know, this is really kind of important because I think what we're talking about is really understanding that there is a place for us to go, you know, to find that. So often we lose hope. You know, we lose hope that we're not able to find our way. But as we're looking at the countdown, you could see where we're going here. That one, you know, one of these, uh, one concept leads to the next, which leads to the next. It's almost like a door opens, then another door opens, then another door opens. You know, as I'm I'm listening to you talk about it, um, you know, the, the next one is I could see how we would have to find beauty in the center before we can do this next one. Yes. Number five, healthy relationships require boundaries and discipline. Um, that's hard. For uh, Sometimes um, the, the sense of boundaries can be what separates us from others. It can be what prevents us from even having relationships. Um, you know, you could look at, uh, we were talking over the break about introverts and extroverts, and 
um, the idea that maybe an introvert is someone who is very comfortable in boundaries and knows those boundaries very well and, and is able to get a greater sense of self through boundaries. But then the extrovert gets its sense of self by breaking down those boundaries. And um, either way, however we are, there's not one way to do it. But no matter what, some boundaries are required to maintain the health of self. Because if I do not have a sense of me as um, different from all the things outside of me, then the things outside of me infiltrate my center and, and become something that actually pushes me out. And I start to defend what other people have said of me as me, as if it is my center. And I'll defend it with my life because I don't want to lose my sense of me. Um, but uh, once we discover that even the kernel of self in, this, in the center and we hold that with a boundary and a, an area where the only I can exist in my center, then suddenly uh, mm. everything else we're able to have true relationships. Mm. So we don't have to let people into our holiest of holies, so to speak, or the true center of us in order to have deep, amazing relationships with them. Yeah. You know, the word discipline, I think, has taken a bad rap in our society. We really do look at it in a strange way. But yet, you know, so often we find that, you know, a life without it can be totally chaotic. Definitely. Totally chaotic. You know, it just has taken on just like a, a strange meaning as opposed to like looking at a form of the word like disciple. I mean, it's really just, right? right? I mean, right. it's kind of like what we have chosen to see in this word. But then we also understand the pain of how, of living in a boundaryless life, how that feels, about how he's always adjusting to somebody else's need and yes. desire. Um, one example I like to use here is, um, let's say you get frostbite and you're out in the, the tundra and you come back into a warm place and you realize that a part of your flesh is dying. And the the thing to do, like you may want to nurse that back to health, but if the flesh is dead, the only way to heal from that is to remove the dead flesh. And that's harsh and it hurts, right? But it hurts way worse if that dead flesh takes over and actually kills the whole body. So finding that appropriate boundary. So sometimes it means doing things that hurt in order to prevent a more significant spiritual death of fully letting go of our sense of self and giving that over to another person. Sometimes we have to um, push that person out enough to regain our sense of self in order to not lose everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the idea of having these concepts to live by. You know, the next one uh, is probably going to get you a lot of controversy. <laughs> yes. So number four is love is not an emotion, but a universal energy that connects. Um, in, in our tradition, we actually say that it's something that is required for life, more so than shelter or, or many other things, um, that it's an actual need. And um, that love is a universal energy. It's abundant. It's everywhere. And it's what allows things to stay connected. And um, we call it an emotion. We're actually kind of perverting it. And um, one of the things that, and this is a little bit edgy to say, but one of the things we be, are really careful about saying in this tradition is, I love you. Because A, who am I? Who is the I that's loving? And if love is a universal energy that connects, wouldn't I be loving all things? 
am I connected to all things or am I not? So um, by deciding I only love one person or two people um, is really restricting to something that's actually an expansive energy. It's a force. It's Mm -hmm. not um, an assignment, which in many ways, sometimes when we say I love you, what we're saying is it's an assignment of attachment. It's saying I'm attached to you. Or I have high expectations of you and I expect you to have high expectations of me um, rather than acknowledging our connection. Yeah. And, you know, it really leads to this next idea, this next concept where you talk about, you know, uh, the energies of masculine and feminine. I love this one. Yes. Um, And especially in a spiritual tradition, because religions love to have opinions about male and female relationships and what should and shouldn't be. But in this tradition, um, since Solomon's time, we've uh, taught and believed that every human being has both masculine and feminine energy and that it's in a unique balance for each person. So, um, yes, we're all built this way, but the exact formula for each person varies. And just because our physical gender may say, like, for me, I have the physical body of a male does not mean that I lead with masculine energy all the time. In fact, I was known most of my young adult life for being very feminine. I actually wore feminine clothing for a time. Um, I was very comfortable around women and I found men to be um, really hard to be around. And it wasn't until later in life by working through these systems where I was able to bring my inner masculine into a state of healing and understand what I had judged about myself and about the masculine in myself and um, bring that into a positive relationship so then I could have great relationships with men in my life. Yeah, I love this because this is really a journey in itself. And there's such an enormous benefit from both energies. And, you know, someone said to me a long time ago, we intuitively know when to tap on, on, you know, tap into our feminine, when to tap into our masculine. But yet most of us, you know, without this, this idea and some of the learning, we don't do it. Yeah. In, in this tradition, we've men and women have been taught the same information for thousands of years. And yeah. again, that's not true in all traditions. There's mm-hmm. a lot of patriarchy that still exists as holdovers from actually not so distant times. If you right. go further back, it was much more either feminine oriented or balanced. But mm-hmm. this tradition has remained um, equally taught to men and women um, for at least 3000 years. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. OK, so tell us now. Um, this one, number two, we've so far, we're counting down. We're on number two mm-hmm. and then number one. So number two, I am a spiritual being having a physical experience. Um, so it's kind of flipping the script. Most of us see ourselves as this body. I am a physical being and I have spiritual experiences. But the uh, truth, according to our tradition, is that we are a spiritual being, that we have always existed, that we were never created and that we have chosen to live a physical experience to learn something specific. And that's what we're here to do. So part of learning that thing, whatever that thing is, and it's not the same for all of us, involves a lot of uh, risk and trial and error and failure before we succeed. And um, that's part of having a physical experience, to know how matter uh, responds in to spiritual energy flowing through us. It's a whole different perspective if you see yourself as a spiritual being. Yes. You know, uh, there's a difference between our guidance systems. Yes. Right? Yes. And if we see this physical life for being an, an amazing opportunity to 
learn something tangible by a much less tangible being, at least in the sense of physically tangible, um, then it kind of puts a different spin on it. And that we're, we've got this amazing rental vehicle that has an expiration date that we don't, we don't know what that expiration date is. But until that comes, um, we get to move around in this world of matter and we can pick up things and move them around and create things out of nothing or destroy things with these hands. And that's an amazing yeah. benefit of being a physical being. And um, all of the non-physical beings of this universe are jealous that we have this amazing opportunity <laughs> to be physical and spiritual at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I could almost imagine how, how this actually clicks now when we get to this point. Okay. We're finally at now. And, you know, it is amazing to see how each of these, as I'm listening to you, how each of these has, has led us to this point. So number one is I am responsible for everything I am experiencing in my life. And this is actually the great filter of Kabbalists that um, you have to be at least willing to entertain this concept to be able to become a Kabbalist, to work with Kabbalah, to work with the Tree of Life. Um, things happen to us that are uncomfortable, that are traumatic, that we don't see a direct relationship to our choices and the awful things that happen to us. Yet, this tradition says that we are responsible for all of it, that on some level, in some degree, we chose to be there. That doesn't mean that all negative things in the world are part of the plan. I'm not talking about destiny here. What I'm talking about is that we have a choice of who we are and where we are in every moment. And whatever we're experiencing, we had choices that led us here. Yes, other people are also making choices around us. And some of those choices we may not like, but we chose to be with around those people and to um, be associated with those choices. Well, I, I mean, one of the things that we're talking about, you know, and again, you know, the, each of these has meaning. I would love, if you don't mind, I'd love for you to go back to 10. Mm -hmm. and, and in these last minutes we have, just go back and review them again. Because I think for folks listening to the show, they feel so absolutely opening, inviting, right? I'd love to. Thank you. So starting at, the, at 10, to truly know another person, I must first know myself. Nine, I can reveal the hidden parts of me and I can heal myself. Eight, my mind can be organized and clarified with simple everyday actions. Seven, true emotions come from and are experienced in this moment. Six, beauty is found in the balancing of opposites and in caring for my inner child. Five, Healthy relationships require boundaries and discipline. Four, love is not an emotion, but a universal energy that connects. Three, every human has a unique balance of masculine and feminine energy. Two, I am a spiritual being having a physical experience. And one, I am responsible for everything I am experiencing in my life. You know, one of the things that I, I was reading here as well, and thank you so much for this, um, is we, we started to talk about 
you know, the living Kabbalah provides a deep understanding and personal experience of these countdown of concepts. Yes. Okay. And the countdown of concepts then unlocks the potential. Yes. Uh, uh, and, And you go on to say, of your own divine nature to know and accomplish your unique purpose in life. Yes. This is really a stuck point for people. It really is. Yes. And we wonder, and we keep trying, trying, trying. But after now, you, you speaking and sharing this with us, even if we try the first one, to truly know another person, I must first know myself, something shifts and changes within us, doesn't it? Yes. There's a reason why over the threshold of all of the ancient mystery schools are the words, know thyself. Mm. Mm. Well, I want to thank you for today. And again, many ways people can find out more about these, the classes that you offer. Would you take a minute and give out your phone number again? Yes. Give out the website. And then I would love to to ask you to just, you know, give you know, give us give us your personal message, what you'd like to leave us with. And thank you. Thank you, Osiris, for today. What a great show. Yeah, thank you very much. Um if you'd like to uh have a conversation with me um, or with the team at the 10th House. You can contact us via our website at 10thhouse.org, 10thhouse.org. Um, you can call us at 206-538-0070. You can even find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 10th House, 10thhouse. Personal message. What would you like to leave us with, you know? So the the main concept here is that there are two main relationships. There's your relationship with self and your relationship with everything else. And if we can make the shift to the relationship with self being the primary relationship, then all of our other relationships are improved. And I wish this for myself and for everyone listening, and I hope, to continue to be a part of the unfolding of this amazing human experience. And for those of you, if you want to spend more time and and really understand how to clarify purpose and live life in this way, uh, you certainly can sign up for the classes that are available and the many, many openings and invitations that uh, Osiris has created for all of you. Thank you for today's show. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. For those of you that have missed any part of this, please go to the drpatshow.com or you can go to transformationtalkradio.com. And for those of you that are listening and saying, well, I don't do it that way. I just get it on Spreaker or iHeart or iTunes. We appreciate and love that you connect and support us. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time, Benny. Have a great day yourself. Thanks, Pat. You too. All of you out there, remember today you've heard some things here that will literally help you transform your lives. Say yes, and let's do it together. We'll see you next time.